Hello and welcome. These are some sermons given by Monsignor Rosito from the years 1995 to the year 2016. Enjoy. Woe to me if I preach not Christ crucified. To the Greeks, that is the pagans, a stumbling block, and to the Jews, a scandal. It's the words of St. Paul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear friends in Christ, the word is conversion. In the sense of being turned inside out. Not just a reversal, but a complete conversion from inside out. And this is the process of redemption. The way of redemption is through suffering. But the sorrow first experienced in this conversion process is soon turned into joy forever. You might say that Easter Sunday is Good Friday turned inside out. Or that Good Friday is Easter Sunday turned inside out. Today we come to the mystery of the cross. Can it be understood? It is the process of conversion. We, through these past Sundays, month after month, have considered the ideas that are underneath all the processes, all the events of life and of history. We note that from a straight course between God and man, anything that is not in the direction of a God-centeredness becomes a little diversion, a little separation a little aberration which we call sin. Sinners depart from the way of God. Sometimes small, sometimes big. But a sinner still recognizes he's wrong and he can come back again through sorrow, through repentance, through penance and find that way directly to God again. God is merciful in restoring him all that he has lost where he picks up again to continue his journey to God. Well, we know that beyond diversion becomes perversion. The insistence of the sinner to remain in a sin has a development that he justifies now his sin. And it's more than just sin because now it becomes a perversion and a confirmation that he is all right in what he's doing. So perversion is a malice that is far beyond sin. We wonder the degrees of sin, of aberration, of departure from God. And perversion is more difficult to convert from because a person justifies what he does now as being right or acceptable or reasonable or just we know the process but beyond 
perversion comes the ultimate state of inversion, the inside-out process, where a person sees everything now in reverse, that good is evil, good people are evil people, and evil is good. Evil people are good people. They're good companions to be with. They are acceptable. They allow you to do what you wish and you allow them to do what they please. And this inversion puts a person through the looking glass like Alice in Lewis Carroll's story of the little girl who went through the mirror and saw everything on the other side turned inside out and backwards. And what is this all about, this process of diversion or perversion or inversion? It deals with one thing. It deals with a false freedom. That word freedom is split to be good or bad. And we can have, as servants of God, freedom under God because we accept the limitations God places upon us. But those who do not accept these limitations, the Ten Commandments, or the state in life that is unpleasant, to change it to something more apparently pleasurable or acceptable or freedom-giving, and that is a false freedom that is no longer under God, but free from God. The issues are very simple, but very deep, and they affect the entire makeup of the psyche, the soul, the mind, the heart, the orientation of a person's life. He was not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. And so we see where sinners drift farther and farther away from God into the opposite camp, into the kingdom of Satan, the shadow world, the two dimension that is ruled by illusions that look so real because of this inversion that turns things inside out. When Adam sinned, it became our condition, inclined to evil or perversion, through diversion, to possibly even inversion. This is our danger. This is our inclination. This is the path that deviates from the ways of God. But redemption is conversion back to God in spirit and in truth. Total, complete, absolute. But what a difficult process this is. We see in Christ's example his way of the cross. We've gone station by station. We've considered the underlying elements of his passion, of his way of the cross, of his crucifixion. Who put Christ on the cross? And St. Alphonsus Liguori in his prayers tells us that it is we who did that. By our deviation, by our perversions, by our inversions, we reject Christ. We crucify him. We no longer have any part with him because we would rather be a part of ourselves alone, inverted from those standards of God to the standards of fallen men. But Christ is the only way, and it's a strange way because it's through suffering. 
We wonder, what is the mystery of the cross? Why is it this way? Couldn't God have forgiven us simply and in his infinite mercy, forgiven everything without the crucifixion, without the uh, penalties, without the justice of demanding a retribution, of giving back to God what was taken from him? But it is through suffering that we find the joy of that freedom under God that is lost to men who no longer want to be under God or his limitations or his commandments. To be free from him and they find a misery. An inversion that turns joy into suffering and suffering into joy. There is a joy that's very sinister, very um, macabre, very, very strange of those who are in sin. They love it. They enjoy it. They promote it. And they increase it. We wonder, what makes them tick? How is it possible? For example, Judas, one of the hand-picked apostles by Christ himself, to be the one into whom Satan would enter, through whom Christ would be betrayed for a measly 30 pieces of silver. How could it be that this looks so good? 30 pieces of silver for Christ. And yet it happened. And it can happen and it will happen. Unless we follow Christ under God, obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. Now suffering has many forms. We don't have to be crucified with nails, but we can be nailed to a moral cross that is difficult. Burdens in life to bear to carry, to fail under and to pick up again and start over, continue. It's translated into thousands and thousands of ways that this mystery of suffering and this burden is borne by those who walk with Christ, who follow him. But there's a joy in it too, a satisfaction of knowing that you are under God and you have the protection and the strength of God to bear up with it all. And in your prayers, in your watchfulness, in your waiting, your meditation, you find that you can go on. And little by little, this sorrow, this burden changes, becomes a joy, becomes rather easy. But you don't know that until you've tried it, until it becomes a way of conversion, turns things inside out. No longer suffering, but a joy. No longer a burden but something easy to give to God because you love God. And this is the process that takes you away from the world, the flesh and the devil, to the service back again to God through redemption. But it is through suffering. And this is the mystery of the cross. To do God's will. It seems hard for those who are beginners in the spiritual life. Do I have to? Why do I have to? You do not understand. We look at it from the outside and it looks forbidding, difficult, repugnant. And who wants to buy into this stumbling block? Christ crucified. Who wants to be crucified with Christ? And yet, our Lord says, if they've done it to me, they will do it to you. No servant is greater than his master. And we see the master through the stations of the cross through the holy sacrifice of the Mass, through the pages of the Gospel, through the events of our daily life as Catholics, living the Catholic life in spirit and in truth. 
we know that always and always and always we must obey God rather than man. How do your temptations come? Through the bad example of others, through the bad advice of others who believe that they are correct, who have been perverted, or who have been inverted. And they try to lead others through this process of deviation, depart. Don't be so strict. Don't be so committed. Loosen up a little. Relax. It comes to us in different forms, but this is the underlying theme to deviate a little bit. And then to continue until you see that it's not that bad and you owe it to yourself. You've done good enough, now time to relax and to take a little vacation. And you go into perversions until it becomes a way of life. Why should I go back? the prayers and the sufferings and the hardships. Do we hear an echo with some of the Novus Ordo themes? Christ crucified, where is the corpus on the cross today? It's been taken away. Or rather replaced by the resurrected Christ on the cross. What an anomaly. The very things of our religion are turned inside out. How can this be? This is a mystery. And I will preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Greeks, the pagans, a scandal to the Jews who will not have a redeemer who is a suffering servant. And this is the perversion of society. We live in the midst of it. We see it every day. Man against God. How do we translate that? Man against God. They recognize God, they serve God, but they serve themselves in the process. They serve man. Humanism, secularism, we talk about these things time and time again, but to see the underlying principle, the mystery of the cross involved in all of this, we cannot depart. We cannot be perverted with society. We cannot have man against God as party of our own choices, pro-choice, Man in place of God. That has been the growing theme of history. After the rejection of Christianity in essence, in theory, in practice, now man has replaced religion with a humanism. The new religion, the man-centeredness, the one world government, the one world religion that is slowly being brought into place by an inversion They're not going to destroy the Catholic Church. They're going to replace it with the Catholic Church inverted. And the practices inverted. And the doctrines inverted. And the promises inverted. Heaven on earth. No more sin. No more penance. No more sorrow. There are those who hold on to these ideas in the true effort to follow Christ. And there are those who have departed from this. And this is the confusion of our times, to pray for those who have departed, thinking that they are following Christ in the new-made religion of Novus Ordo. The anti-hero in our vocabulary is the criminal. And yet, What is the anti-hero today? He is the hero. 
And the law-abiding person is the one who becomes the criminal. We have it in many forms. To obey God means to disobey man and his laws. It comes in different ways, different pressures and different conditions and circumstances. And you feel uncomfortable about it at first. And you become frightened and shocked about it until you realize this is the persecution, this is the crucifixion, this is the carrying of the cross, this is the way of suffering that must be fought and faced because it is in this conflict that evil is overcome. We must do battle with evil. It cannot be postponed, cannot be mitigated. It has to be faced. And sooner or later in our lives, we come to this facing off and the choice must be made this far, no further. And we will stay with God rather than with man. And if we become the anti-hero or the criminal in the process, didn't they do it to Christ? Isn't he condemned as a blasphemer? The Son of God himself, a blasphemer. And it's necessary that we put him to death lest we lose our country, our nation. And that's exactly what happened when they did put him to death. Well, Christ came to correct this perversion of false freedom. He did it through suffering to serve God at all costs. His followers must go through this conflict against evil as well. You can't be a Catholic and escape. You must face it, master it, and proceed, even if necessary, to the death of the cross. We cannot have a false freedom from God to obedience unto death of this false freedom by true obedience. And what is it? To keep the commandments. To bear your burdens and your duties in your state in life. To practice the virtues. To pray for those who condemn you, who persecute you, who calumniate you. And you know that urge to retaliate, to get back, that's a deviation. And our Lord said, put back your sword. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. This is a basic principle in life. But what manner and means you use by that will you also be injured. And if you do good, then good will come to you. No matter how much evil is accompanying it to destroy the good, if you maintain that goodness, that integrity, that uprightness, that holiness, that virtue, you will survive because we come to Easter, the resurrection. And all those who have suffered with Christ will have the crown of Christ of his victory. But not without the cross. There is no crown. And so we see that it is necessary that Christ should die and enter once for all into the Holy of Holies, that where he is we one day may be but not without the following of Christ in that pathway. There is no jump. There is no translation. There is no transfer. There is a way that walks the hill up to Calvary where the crucifixion must take place. Not my will, but thine be done. And so we accept our limitations. We accept the persecutions. We accept the injustices of the world, the flesh, and the devil all around us, many forms, many ways, many degrees. If we can avoid it, we do. If we can't, we accept. But above all, we remain faithful, 
by Christ. Though he was abandoned, though he was betrayed, he remained the faithful servant, the suffering servant, until he gave everything to his heavenly Father. Thy will be done. And so we come to the adoration of the cross. We kiss it, we love it, we embrace it. But it's more than that. It's a redemption, which is turning inside out the things that are wayward and false illusions to the realities of that obedience that is demanding. So practice obedience at home in your families. Practice obedience to God in his commandments. Practice obedience to your burdens and your duties in your state in life because you carry the cross. But it is that cross that will be the instrument of your redemption, the glorious cross, that one day will be released to the glory of eternity with our Lord in his kingdom forever. So do not be scandalized. Do not let it become a stumbling block. But know there's a reason that through this crucifixion comes redemption. And who would find redemption without the crucifixion? We want it, we accept it, we embrace it, and we follow it, because it is God's will. And we do God's will, as did our Lord. And the rewards that come are forever. So let us not be sad, let us not be sorrowful, let us lift up our hearts and minds in gratitude to God. He gives us a chance to suffer with Christ to be obedient like unto him, and to be crucified if necessary, but also to be honored and glorified in the process of the redemption, being turned back inside out to the right side up towards God, always and forever in, with, and through our Lord crucified. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.